This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and hello from the Smoothie King Center Studios here in downtown New Orleans, where the Pelicans tonight will begin their final back-to-back before the All-Star break. We've got a big home game against the Utah Jazz, and then tomorrow night a road game at Oklahoma City. This will be interesting. Every game counts now, no doubt about that, and the Pelicans face a red-hot Utah team here at the Smoothie King Center at 7 tonight. I'll give you more details on that game here uh, in just enough. There's a lot of stuff swirling around. Oh, by the way, hold on. I'm glad everybody had a – I hope everybody had a great Mardi Gras. And um, and uh, we had a little break there ourselves uh, to try to not get in the way or <laughs> get run over, maybe I should say, by Mardi Gras. But we're back today, tomorrow, and Friday. And then we'll take a little all-star break uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, at least Daniel and I will. But you'll have a different host. The podcast will still be here throughout the broad, uh, the all-star break. But uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit and uh, give you some fresh uh, voices, to say the least. Uh Okay, back to the, what's busy today. Look, there's a, a couple of interesting Pelicans notes and Saints notes today. Uh, some of the things have come up since our last Black and Blue Report ca- uh, Black and Blue Report podcast last Friday. On the Saints side, uh, there were reports over the weekend while we were away uh, that Jari Evans uh, has been released by the Saints. Uh, there's no confirmation of that from the team, um, as they're not apt to do. Uh, unless it's absolutely necessary or when the time is right. But anyway, let me just say this about Jari Evans real quick. If this is the case, um, I understand and I'm sad because he was a great guy to deal with, number one. But number two and more importantly, this is a guy at some point should probably be um, honored as a a member of the Saints Ring of Honor. Uh, That's how good he was for this franchise at guard. And – so I tip my cap to Jari Evans and what he brought to the New Orleans Saints during his, his time here, if this is all happening. Um, so my hope is that, and if I ever get a vote on this, my vote would be to include Jari Evans in the uh, Saints' ring of honor. Also, the other football stuff going on. Uh, there are several reports out there about Donnell Ellerby getting his contract restructured, uh, that uh, Hawthorne and Humber were both, uh, I think, released over the weekend. Again, none of this confirmed by the team, but this is what's starting to shake loose. And these are the interesting things about the offseason that I think U.S. Saints fans are going to want to pay particular attention to. Obviously, the linebacker situation, Drew Brees, what are they going to do with his contract? And then Zach Streif, Marcus Colston, uh, Thomas Morstead for that matter. There's some interesting stuff to watch as the Saints work through this offseason and look to get their roster where they want it for the 2016 season. So... Um, that's all started to shake loose, I guess, here in the last couple of days uh, and, and has sparked conversation, which we like to do with you here. Um, so that's on the Saints side. On the Pelicans side, there are two issues of note today. Uh, number one is that Yahoo Sports is reporting that Tyreek Evans is going to need a third knee surgery here in less than a year's time, uh, and that would then end his season uh, with him only playing 25 games during this campaign. Right now, as of now, he has missed one more game than he's played in this season. I think I have that right. When he missed the game against Minnesota the other night, that was his 26th game missed 
due to injury. Um, nothing confirmed by the team on this. And I think the reason is, is because I don't think there's a final answer on this deal. So Tyreek Evans, as we had mentioned uh, on our broadcast here recently, was going to be out through the All-Star break with the, the right knee tendonitis. But now there's this report that he may need another, another surgery. Um, so let's hope that that's not the case. If it is, uh, you've seen Norris Cole step up here as a starter. And then the other issue is Bryce DeJean Jones, who's been starting at guard as well for the Pelicans. His second 10-day contract ends uh, at the end of today. So he's good to go for tonight against the Utah Jazz. But beyond that, in order for DeJean Jones to stay with the Pelicans, he would have to be signed for the remainder of the season. And that and that's of some immediacy here as there's a game tomorrow night at Oklahoma City. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the day today, and we'll discuss further tonight on the Pelicans radio network. I'm sure the TV folks will do the same thing. So those are a couple issues there, um, kind of getting us started on this shortened week. Hey, look, everywhere else in the world, it's Wednesday. They're halfway through the work week. Uh, here in New Orleans, this is like kind of like Monday, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so plenty of Pelicans talk in just a moment. It is a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley will join us after our first time out. And then a little bit later, Daniel Salerson will jump behind the microphone and visit with Judy Batista from NFL.com. So some football conversation as well, as uh, we'll put kind of a, a wrap on some of the Super Bowl thoughts from this studio with Daniel and Judy coming up. So good show for you on this Wednesday. Glad you're with us. Sun's out, Ash Wednesday. And uh, we'll talk to you in just a moment, or actually we'll talk with David Wesley in just a moment. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Time now for Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley, analyst with Fox Sports New Orleans, former player, joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. It's our final Wednesday before the All-Star break, David Wesley. I think you're ready for a break, huh? I am. Uh, you know, it's it's been a uh, up and down first uh, a little over half of the season. Uh, and, and still curious to know what, what this team has 
left in the tank. Well, we got a little taste that maybe there's some still th- uh, things to watch for or some things to uh, be excited about with the way they played at Minnesota the other night. Yeah, uh, great game. Uh, nearly flawless first half. Uh, and, and again, you know, Minnesota made you know a little bit of a run at the end, but uh, good job by them to, to make all the plays. Um, again, uh, a lot of production from three guys, and, and you love to see that when, when, when guys can go out there and play well together. Uh, you know, for, for this team, it's just a matter of, you know, when does that happen more consistent? Um, you know, each and every guy going out there doing their jobs. And when this team doesn't scare, when this team doesn't care who scores, uh, that, that's when they seem to put points on the board and, and, and play from out front. And, David, the three guys you're referring to, um, Davis, Anderson, and, and Holiday, uh, it appears that those are the three guys are going to have to do that almost night in, night out for this team to have any more success the rest of the season. Um, I, I, I think so. And, you know, you can't have two of those guys having a bad night together. Uh, you might be able to get away with, you know, two guys having good nights and, and that third guy having – you know, a so-so night. They, they just have to find a way. And, again, it can't matter who who that guy is. Uh, if if the ball movement doesn't dictate who gets the shots, uh, then that's where this team runs into problems. And I, and I think uh, what I'm seeing some nights is where guys are, are just, you know, they shoot a bad shot and the next guy shoots a bad shot and the next guy shoots a bad shot. And, uh, for the night, that's what it's just going to be. I'm I'm a look you off. I'm a look you off, and 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 therefore those are the nights when you know they can't even score uh, into the 90s. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a time for maturity for this team. Uh, it's a time for this team to come together. If in fact they do plan to to play together and try and get in the playoffs. David, there are two issues uh, kind of floating here today surrounding the Pelicans. Number one is that Yahoo Sports is reporting that Tyreek Evans is going to need another surgery on his right knee and would miss the remainder of the season. Uh, There is nothing confirmed uh, from the team about that. Uh, But that would leave Tyreek with playing just 25 games this season. And uh, curious as to your thoughts on on how the Pelicans will deal with that more on a long-term basis if that is the case for the rest of the season. Well, you know, I've... I mentioned more behind the scenes that, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, what fits for this team. And, and while Tyreek is very talented and and can do a lot of things, fill the stat sheet up on a nightly basis, I think he plays through injury uh, as, as well as anybody in the league. Uh, he wants to be out there. I think at the end of the day, this organization, the coaching staff, has to ask, is he the type of player that fits this system? Uh, I have said, while you know all those good things about him, I don't know that he necessarily fits this system. And this system is a ball movement, uh, quick touches, quick decisions. Uh, you know, kind of depending on you know where players and, and defense defenses make you uh, go. You got to allow it to, to do some of those things. Tyreek is a, a guy who likes the ball in his hands and, and dribbles quite a bit. So, um, and with this injury, it, it's kind of tough to say 
uh, is this an injury that will continue? Is this an injury that that's, he's going to have problems with uh, years to come and, and consequently miss several games even next year? Um, you, know, you have to bring all that to a, into a, uh, into account. And, uh, you know, I just don't know if, if this is the right system for Tyreek and, and for him to, to play his best basketball. Uh, if if surgery does happen, it would be his third uh, in the last year. Uh, David, the other issue here is Bryce DeJean Jones. His second 10-day contract ends tonight. And if I've got this right, um, in order for him to remain a member of the New Orleans Pelicans uh, after tonight's game and before tomorrow, I guess, they would have to sign him for the remainder of the season. Uh, good move, for, uh, in your opinion? Absolutely. Uh, again, when uh, with the possibility of Tyreek not coming back. And uh, if, in fact, he does have surgery again, I would say that would be the case. Uh, yes, I think he's done a very solid job. I think he's going – I mean, you think about it. He's, he's only played, uh, what, 10 games or so. Uh, you know, he's going to get better. And the more he learns and the more he understands the NBA game, you have to assume that, that there's a spot, uh, certainly this year for him. Uh, I, I see a possibility, and, I, and I've said he's a guy that I want to see more of to see how he will develop. Uh, you know, can he uh, get better in, in the areas that he's that he's he's not quite there yet? Um, can he continue to play with that kind of energy and effort uh, that gives him a chance to to, to perform every night? Um, yeah, certainly. I think it's a great look for this Pelicans organization and 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 hopefully a chance for a young man to, to make a living in his business. David Wesley with us here. Uh, All-Star Weekend uh, in Toronto. What what intrigues you about the All-Star Weekend? Will you will you partake in any of the uh, festivities as far as whether it be watching the All-Star game itself or the skills competition, the three-point, the dunk? Uh, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty All-Star'd out. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I loved it, and I've also not liked it very much. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think Toronto is a great place, uh, great venue. I, I like Toronto. It, it, the culture there is is amazing. Um, I don't know how the weather is going to be this time of year, but uh, it's certainly something that that's going to be like a party up there. So, uh, you know, I wish all those guys the best. And I, I don't know how much I'll look uh, or watch. I, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that if I'm sitting here and it's on and I pass by it, uh, I'll watch it. Uh, I certainly am curious to know about the skills challenge with, you know, with two bigs being uh, in it and Towns and and, uh, uh, and Davis and maybe Cousins. Is Cousins in it? Yeah, there's talk of that too, yes. Yeah, so – um, that might be interesting to see what, what that's all about. I've, I've always been um, into the dunk contest. Uh, not sure, you know, every time they change the format, it, it you know, you can never tell what, what to expect. But, um, I, you know, some years it's really good. Some years it's, it's not so good. Um, the three-point contest, I love shooters. I love to watch shooters, uh, you know, with a rack of balls and just knocking them down. So uh, that's always fun, but you know, I don't think I'll give up evening with the family or you know if we go to the movies or something 
you know, to stay home and, yeah. and watch some of that stuff. Uh, the All-Star Game has never been uh, one of my favorite. I think it's great for the fans, uh, but, you know, I, I don't – I tend not to watch it. It gets somewhat silly at sometimes. crazy scores, no defense. Uh, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, because you know, I think for the 12th straight season, Milwaukee will not have a player at the All-Star Game. Uh, for New Orleans, obviously, it's the third straight with Anthony Davis. We'd seen it before with Chris Paul and David West. And uh, it, Do you think it's important for a franchise to have an All-Star caliber player? Does it do anything for the, the current roster or the feeling around a franchise to have an All-Star representation? I think it. I think it does. You know, I, you know it's and it's. You know, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I, I heard on the radio, and I think I mentioned this to you about just the All Star selection. You know, either, either make sure that people in the All Star game are true All Stars and not guys that have missed half the season but are popular. Uh, you know, make sure that they're All Stars, and then make that mean something, or let the fans just heck, pick all 12 of them. And, and it's just for fun, you know, just mm-hmm. go out there and do it for fun. And, and, you know, at the end of your career, you saying you're a 10 time all-star means very little right now. It means so much, but yet there are guys that are all-stars that, that aren't all-stars this year. Um, Kobe is not an all-star this year. Um, yes, it's his last year. Yes. He is great. And, you know, top of his game, but, this year, and not just Kobe. I mean, it goes, you know, every year there's always a guy on there that's popular, that that either hasn't played or hasn't played well that gets in anyway. So, um, I think it's important if if your, you know, if your coaches vote you in, uh, those are the guys that that. And I'm not saying that the the starters are not don't deserve to be there. I'm I'm just saying that if. You know the coaches vote you in. Those are the ones that you you really kind of feel like, oh, okay, uh, I've been recognized for what I've been doing on the court. Coaches appreciate what I do, and, and I am an all star. I, I think it's important for teams to have it. I think it's kind of fun for fans to rally around and know that they have an all star, you know, on their team. And I and I th- I certainly think it helps to have that kind of caliber guy if you're trying to win and, and go deep in the playoffs. Would or should the NBA do what Major League Baseball has done, and that is award home floor advantage to the winning conference in the All-Star game in the finals? I, I think that would make it uh, – I think that would make it uh, mean more. Uh, I think it would give it some significance. Right now it's just a game. Um, and and maybe, it should ju- maybe it should stay just a game. I I could go either way. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I, I think it, you know, it's it's one extra game for 24 players, and you know, in some ways, I'm thinking it should be fun. Just go out there, loosey goose, and 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 do whatever you want to, and give the fans a show. Uh, and then, you know, do you want your players out there playing that hard on technically their week and a half off? Uh, out there grinding some more. Uh, certainly most coaches would say, I don't want my players sitting around for 10 days doing nothing. I'm glad these guys are out there at least, you know, moving around, getting some stuff done, still 
still around the game. And yeah, go after win the win the the uh, the conference home court. Uh, I think that would make the that would make it worth watching and, and paying attention to. Yeah, I, I don't know where I am on that. I I guess I would lean toward no because I like the fact that the best record. Uh, during the regular season should have that home floor advantage. Um, and I know it's an unbalanced schedule and all that. So, it's, you know, it's worth it's worth a little conversation, I guess, at this point. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't see why not. Uh, David, final thought. Utah rolls in here, winners of seven straight. Uh, this, is, this is a back-to-back that makes your knees shake a little bit. Utah at home tonight and at Oklahoma City tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, the way I look at Utah, a great story. Great, I mean – a team that's kind of been muddling around, middle of the road, some injuries, and now, and this is what I was hoping for the Pelicans, to just find that spark, find that, that rhythm. Um, you know, grind it out like they did last night in Dallas. What a game, what a finish. Uh, I don't know how much of the game you saw or if you saw it at all, but uh, in the first half, Dallas shot the lights out from three. And and Utah did nothing but weather the storm. Down nine, down 15, back to nine, uh, just hanging in there, battling it out. Uh, this team plays hard. And the fact that they kind of stuck around, stuck around, stuck around. Then it got to that fourth quarter where the statistics show that, you know, they're a good fourth quarter de- defensive team. They turned the, the screws up a little bit tighter there in the fourth. Uh, chipped away, chipped away, finally took the lead, gave it back, went back and forth, and, and then found a way to get it into overtime, uh, played solid in overtime, and then Dallas did a great job. Dallas gave them everything they wanted. Uh, and then for you know Gordon Hayward to hit that last shot uh, after not winning there for, I don't know, I think it, they were had one in seven games or some crazy number. Uh, so – they, they overcame some demons there in Dallas. Uh, a tough team, uh, you know, and, and when, you, when you talk about the effort and energy they play with, can the Pelicans match that tonight? They're on a the back-to-back. They're coming off an overtime uh, win. They're a little bit high. Um, you know, are the Pelicans going to bring that energy that it's going to take to beat this team on their, on their own floor? So um, looking forward to this game. This is going to be a good one. Uh, the Pelicans six and a half out of out of eighth spot. They're seven behind Utah, uh, and and all the games matter. Uh, right now, it looks like the team they're playing with that's the team that's going to finish the season, mm-hmm. barring any injury. So, there, no Superman is coming from uh, from out of the sky to save this team or to change anything. Uh, the starting lineup is what it is. The bench is what it is, um, and, and it's time to to make a break. Uh, you know they only have this game and tomorrow night um, before the All Star break, and um, you'll see what this team is kind of made of. Will they play hard enough to give themselves a chance and and hopefully make a run, or you know will this this thing all collapse? And I think that's where we should end uh, today's conversation. Um, and note though, David also. That the next Wednesday or Wesley Wednesday uh, is the NBA trade deadline day in the NBA. Wow! Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's uh, 
yeah, I, I, that should be an exciting time. Yes. I, you know, there could be a ton of movement, and then it could be very little. Uh, but it, 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 it'll it be exciting to see what, what teams, you know, decide or, or, or make that, that move or big move and, and try to either make a run or shut it down for the season. Indeed. Indeed. We'll uh, look forward to your visit next week, my friend, and enjoy the break. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. David Wesley, Joel Myers, Jen Hale on Fox Sports New Orleans tonight, 6.30 pregame coverage, 7 o'clock tip-off. Of course, coverage also tonight on the Pelicans radio network. We've got some NFL conversation for you in just a moment. Daniel Salerson checks in with Judy Batista right after this. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Since we had no show on Monday and Tuesday due to Mardi Gras, it's time to recap Super Bowl 50. Broncos over the Panthers 24-10. And joining us now is Judy Batista from NFL.com and NFL Network, who was there covering the Super Bowl. Judy, uh, hope you've recovered from all the festivities, and thanks for coming on. Maybe not as recovered as you need to be from Mardi Gras, but yes, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there too. I think we're in the same boat. Um, Judy, um, I don't think a lot of people expected 24 to 10 in favor of the Broncos. I think some people did think the Broncos were going to win. Um, what were your biggest takeaways um, from Super Bowl 50? Well, probably my biggest takeaway is probably everybody else's biggest takeaway, too, and that is that Denver defense is something else. Um, better better than I think we even thought. You know, they looked good from training camp. We, we all thought they were championship caliber but uh to be able to contain cam newton and that offense i mean that was the highest scoring offense in the league this year and they got nothing going at all they never had any rhythm going uh i was super impressed with the defense i I know everyone expected the broncos defense to come out firing but i don't think anyone expected even with that defense for the carolina to struggle offensively like they did were you surprised by how carolina really couldn't get anything going based on that pressure or is this something that maybe you kind of saw coming based on how good the denver's defense has been recently they had been good recently but they had played different style quarterbacks i mean they had shut down roethlisberger to a degree and then obviously they had pummeled tom brady but those are 
different kind of quarterbacks. Brady obviously is a true pocket quarterback. Roethlisberger is a little more mobile, although he was injured, um, so you don't know how much that took off his game. But Cam Newton is a different breed entirely. I mean, even if you can stop him from passing, and they have a really good secondary in Denver, you still have that incredible threat as a runner. And I think going into the game, we all were wondering, can they control the running game? Uh, you know, can they keep him contained? That is, uh, you know, that is his secret weapon. And they did an amazing job. And they, what I was struck by was, even throughout the game, it was so close because the Denver offense couldn't get anything going either. You just thought, like, okay, at any moment, Cam is going to click. They're going to complete some big passes. Maybe he'll take off on a run, and that'll get things going. And that never happened. Even when he had that big breakout run, um, or there was there were a few big passes, it they just couldn't capitalize on it. They couldn't put anything together. And that's what I that's what I was impressed with. That um, even if they gave up one big play, and then would shut down the next three plays, uh, I, I I did not expect them to be able to do that as effectively as they did. I know Kelvin Benjamin's been out all season long, and granted the. The Panthers did just fine without him at 15-1, but you think not having that big play type of receiver on offense yeah. kind of affected them um, yeah. when you face a good defense like Denver? I, yeah, there's no question. I think the problems we all thought they would have all season when Kelvin Benjamin went down before the season finally reared their head, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl of all places. But there's no question they didn't have him. You know, Ted Ginn did not have a great game. I mean, uh, you know, he catches that long ball and then – runs across the field and runs out of bounds instead of turning up field and trying to get another four or five yards. I'm still not clear on why that happened. You know, um, yes, I think we saw the weaknesses there. And, and frankly, in, in re-watching the game, you know, it's been re-aired a few times here, um, Cam Newton also just missed plays. I mean, on, you know, on, on one of the sacks, he, uh, you know, Funches was wide open down the field. That would have been a big play if he'd seen him. So uh, I think Cam was rattled uh, by the rush. Uh, right off the bat, and he was not seeing things very well, certainly not the way he had been seeing them all season. Um, and I think it all just came together, um, you know, and, and really just they could not get anything going. Let's talk about that big fumble that everyone's been talking about as far as Cam Newton not diving for the ball. Um, I know it was a, a pretty big pile there, and Cam Newton, I think, was, I guess, worried about getting hit. What were your mm. thoughts when you kind of saw the replay and noticed that Cam really didn't go for that ball? Uh shocked yeah <laughs> uh, you know i it's the super bowl i mean i understand in your head like wow my leg could get twisted but it's the super bowl and there's one replay that i don't know if that was on during the game broadcast but i saw it on nfl films got a, uh, a shot of it from the backside so from cam's point of view what cam is looking at and that ball's within range. And, I mean, DeMarcus Ware is there, but he's got a guy on top of him. And so, uh, you know, if Cam had, had dove, uh, he certainly had a, a very good chance, certainly as good a chance as anybody else of recovering it. To not to pull up in that situation is uh, startling, to say the least. And there's been a whole lot of talk about, you know, Cam walking off the podium mm -hmm. and the interview and that kind of thing. Forget about that. The thing that will linger um, – about Cam is n not going for that ball. Uh, that I think people are, and including teammates, you got a guy out there who's playing with a broken arm, mm -hmm. and to not go for a ball in the Super Bowl is wow. You know, surprising. Right. I'm not sure where you were after the game as far as whether you were at that Cam Newton press conference or if you're covering the Broncos um, winning. But you know, everyone's talking about this whether. You know, some people heard that Cam left because Chris Harris Jr. was talking right uh, behind him. 
Um, how do you think Cam handled the post game? Do you think he should have handled it differently, or is everyone too hard on him? What are your thoughts on Cam walking off during post game and just how he handled it in general? Well, first let me address the Chris Harris thing. First of all, there's no way Chris Harris could have known that Cam Newton was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Also, that's how post-game interviews at the Super Bowl have been for years. I mean, they put everybody in this gigantic room. They sort of cordon it off with a big drape, and you've got one team on one side and one team on the other. It's chaos. But it's the only way they can do it because you don't want 2,000 reporters trying to get into a locker room to right. get to people. So it, that's how it's always been. As for Cam, look, I'm, uh, you know, he was devastated, obviously. I... I I guess I understand his frustration in the heat of the moment. He was clearly getting frustrated with the media toward the end of Super Bowl week. Um, I don't know who was advising him on that, but like that's part of the drill during the Super Bowl. The quarterbacks have to talk every day. I know quarterbacks you know, usually during the regular season talk once a week. You talk every day if you're the quarterback at the Super Bowl. Um, and he clearly was getting you know, tired of it by Thursday and Friday, tired of the same questions. He was obviously frustrated. I'm willing to give him a pass on, on game night because he was clearly crushed, and I get that. And they've, uh, all quarterbacks have had moments like that, even the, you know, even the guys who are the best at this mm-hmm. and the most experienced. Peyton's had it. Tom Brady's had it, where they're just you know, frustrated and beside themselves. Yesterday uh, is a different story. When Cam talked in the locker room on cleanout day, I think he could have handled that better. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the heat of the moment is over and you've had some time, 24 hours, 48 hours to reflect on things. I think he could have handled that better. And again, I'm not sure who's advising him, but the fact of the matter is Cam Newton is the face of the league, is the MVP. He's he's one of the faces of the league and he's going to be the face of the league. God willing, he doesn't get hurt. He is an extraordinary player. He's going to be one of the faces of the league, hopefully for the next 10, 12, 15 years. He's, he's got to understand his responsibilities as that, not just the face of the Panthers, but as one of the superstars of the NFL. There's stuff that goes along with that. There's stuff that goes along with getting paid a lot of money and being a superstar, and this is one of them, that sometimes you have to, you have to sit there and explain things um, in terrible situations. It's painful. Everybody knows he's crushed, but you've got to do it. And I, yesterday, I think, was the one that bothered me more, that with time to sort of calm down a little bit and maybe somebody sort of telling him, look, you know, why don't we approach it this way, that he didn't maybe do a better job yesterday. With everyone, I think everyone was kind of on the fence with him, whether it was the celebrations or how he's been, you know, with handling giving the balls to children. I think people were on both sides about Cam Newton. Does this now, how he handled the Super Bowl, change not only your perception, but do you think it's changing the fans and the media's perception on Cam? Does this kind of hurt his perception a little bit now? Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's not changing my perception. Right. He's a great player, um, you know. And I don't know if it's really changing the media's perception as a whole. I think most media members understand the, the post-game reaction. I, I, you know, we've all seen guys be frustrated. I mean, you saw Josh Norman was sobbing on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I, you see, you see how much it means to them. Um, does it change fans' perceptions of him? Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure I get what the problem was with Cam in the first place. Right. You know, people with the celebrations and everything, whatever. You're supposed to have fun. Exactly. Um, you know, do I think that this affects things? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. I mean, I think there are going to be fans who are going to say, see, he's told you so, he's a spoiled brat, just like they were thinking beforehand. Um, I'm not, it certainly doesn't change my perception, and you know, and I, I like the fact that he's his own guy, and I like the fact that he says I'm going to have fun and I'm going to be my own guy. I like that about Cam. 
like I said, I wish he had handled yesterday a little differently, and, but I think that probably comes with time and maturity and experience. You know, I mean, this was his first go-around. He became a megastar this year, and he happened to be in the Super Bowl at the same time. It's a lot to handle, and I suspect that the next time around he'll handle it better because he's a, he's a super smart guy, and I think he'll probably realize what his responsibilities are at some point. Exactly. Well said, well said. All right, before I let you go, I think it's the million-dollar question. Do you think this is Peyton Manning's last rodeo? Do you think Super Bowl 50 was Peyton's final game? Uh, I do, uh, personally, and I think if you listened sort of closely to how he was talking, even in the last week or so, um, you know, that's the impression you come away with. He was, even he was admitting he's not what he once was at his prime, um, but that, you know, he could still move the chains. And uh, you're not going to come away with a there's no better way for him to go out than, mm-hmm. than this, uh, meeting with another championship. Um, I do think so, and I, and I think he knows it, too. You know, I think he knows that his body just can't do it anymore. Yep, no doubt about it. That's Judy Batista from NFL.com and NFL Network talking about Super Bowl 50. Judy, um, hope you get some time off. I really appreciate you coming <laughs> on and enjoy it. Thank you. Look oh. forward to some time off. <laughs> I bet. Okay. I bet. All right. When we come back, Sean will be back to wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, so Utah's won seven straight. They won a thriller in Dallas last night. They placed themselves now seventh in the Western Conference. Houston lost at Golden State, so that drops them down to eighth. And so we kind of had this game circled on the calendar because Utah's been in this in this mess of teams Um fighting for anywhere from 6 through 10, basically, in the Western Conference. So this is a big one. I mean, look, they're all big right now. Your margin of error is basically um, gone (laughs) at 6.5 out. But this Utah game can really go a long way for the Pelicans here uh, if they can pull off a win tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Um, Coverage again at 6.30 on both Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. And then it's off to Oklahoma City where we'll finish up the pre-All-Star break uh, schedule. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be with you from Oklahoma City and from Studio B in New Orleans. And uh, we're we're efforting for a little of both tomorrow. A little football, a little basketball talk. There's certainly a lot on the the table to discuss. Thanks again to David Wesley today, Daniel Salerson, Judy Batista from NFL.com. And thanks to you for spending part of your Wednesday with us. Go Pelicans tonight. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.